Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham, with us still recovering from the shocking news of Justin Bieber's arrest. This is our good friend, Bill Crystal. Bill, how you doing? Good to be with you, Michael, but I'm, I'm fine. You're the one who's still recovering, I believe, from that rather <laughs> embarrassing uh, uh, championship game lost there last uh, Sunday. We I, can talk. I guess Tom Brady's up. not watching the Super Bowl. You're not watching it either? I- I'll be at Brady's house. We'll both be uh, holding hands. <laughs> yeah. We'll be watching the notebook and power eating ice cream together to try to survive. That's the plan. That's good. Kind of That's embarrassing. Good. Okay, so uh, Bill Crystal has some advice for the Republican Party on two issues that you somehow link together, the uh, debt ceiling debate and an immigration amnesty plan. How do they fit, Bill? Well, they fit because I think they're the two big pitfalls that uh, could damage Republicans' chances to win the Senate in 2014 and hold the House easily. And I think the chances to win the Senate are very good if, without missteps. The missteps would be, A, uh, using debt ceiling, being overambitious on what you, they can achieve on debt ceiling. Conservatives have always thought that's a moment they have leverage. It doesn't often work out that way so well in practice. didn't work out that well on the government shutdown in October, which was a somewhat similar situation. Uh, I don't think Republicans are united enough. Uh, to sort of pull off uh, really getting much out of debt ceiling. So my advice to my conservative friends, and, you know, I, my, my heart is with them, but uh, my head says let's, you know, make a vote against the debt ceiling increase, but kind of let it go through pretty pretty clean. Uh, it's just the default card. Is, is It's a dishonest card in some ways, but it's played so effectively by the media and the administration it's hard to fight. But in return, the establishment guys, the leadership, should give up on what I think is a nutty, insane attempt to jam immigration reform through. And they really are working on this. I've been struck. This is all an editorial I wrote that was posted, what, at midnight last night. I've already heard a lot from people, uh, both some leadership types objecting to it and then other people telling me, you underestimate, Bill, how much uh, leadership is sort of working the, the immigration reform issue. They've got a terrible Senate bill. That's what they'd have to go to conference with. Uh, wait till 2015, in my opinion, when you get control, quite likely, of both houses, to pass a much better immigration reform bill. There's no real urgency here, and it would split the Republicans in a way that uh, no other issue would. It would split conservatives. Uh, it would make the, uh, a lot of conservatives in the country feel like the leadership was just ignoring their wishes, waiting probably for the primary you know, d- uh, deadlines to close, uh, the filing deadlines to pass, and then and then jamming this through. So I, my advice is sort of a trade-off. Uh, conservatives give up on some of their dreams about using debt ceiling to, to uh, destroy Obamacare and do other things. Uh, the uh, leadership gives up on its dreams of immigration reform this year, and uh, Republicans have a happy November. You know, I mentioned Justin Bieber uh, flippantly in passing, but in fact it relates because Justin Bieber is a citizen of Canada, and there's you know talk out in the uh, TMZ world, you know, the uh, pop culture world, of will he be deported for his crimes? And you go from state to state. It happened, we just had in New England another uh, couple of incidents of people who are here illegally who commit crimes in the system, let them stay here. New Hampshire uh, bill actually just passed through the House Representatives a uh, subsidies for in-college to in-state tuition for illegal immigrants. And I think you're right that for typical grassroots people, this is a story that they bump into regularly that always inspires the same, this just isn't fair conversation. And for the leadership to say you have to choke that down, I, I don't think they understand how at a gut level this impacts people. Yeah, I agree. Look, as you you're pointing out, there's liberal states can do liberal things on immigration to some degree within the constraints of federal law, and, and then that way, you know, that's fine, and conservative states can do less liberal things. The other point, though, you mentioned that will Justin Deaver be deported? I suppose that'll be at the discretion of, of various federal agencies, and that's another reason, I didn't even mention this in the editorial, another reason not to pass this bill. We have seen what Barack Obama's attitude is towards uh, enforcing laws he doesn't agree with. 
the, the, the deal on immigration reform that made some allowed some Republicans to uh, pretend they were sort of, you know, they'd gotten a good deal was all these uh, uh, promises on border enforcement and enforcing various aspects of the law. I have no confidence after watching the Obama administration for the last few years, and especially in the last year or two on Obamacare and on immigration itself, incidentally, that they will enforce anything they don't want to enforce. So I think it's a sucker's deal for conservatives and Republicans. Um, I, I really, so I agree with you. I think it's something they should just, there's no pressure to do it except from some big business interests, some media consultant types who I think stupidly think that somehow it's going to radically change the electoral dynamics. Right. Uh, in the next year or two to, to pass this bill. It will radically change the electoral dynamics, but it won't do so in a way that helps Republicans. It'll do so in a way that really shatters what now is relative unity, I think, in opposing Obamacare, in uh, decrying his uh, totally feckless foreign policy, uh, in, in being committed to you know entitlement reform and spending reductions and so forth. So uh, I really I, I agree with you though that the, you sit around Washington, you talk to the business lobbyists, you talk to some of the leadership staff, you talk to the political consultants. They have no idea what sort of the grassroots exactly. common sense view is. Which if you can't fix the border first, and you can't fix law enforcement first, and you can't trust Obama to fix either of those, what are you passing this huge twelve hundred page bill for? Uh, and the uh, the emotional impact on typical grassroots people they completely uh, can't measure when they see uh, uh, situations like the president's aunt and uncle who've been here illegally allowed to stay you know are allowed to stay criminals are allowed to stay and Justin Bieber you know gets deported back although I admit for the crimes he's committed against music I don't know that I necessarily disagree with that uh, deporting yeah him. we're pro but, I think aren't we pro the deportation of Justin Bieber honestly I mean you know be, but you know it's I'm, interesting I'm kind of a squish on some of the immigration some of the deportation issues you know 25 people have been here 20 years and contributing to the community kids and grandchildren here i'm not for deporting them as, as new gingrich said uh, a couple of years ago but justin bieber i don't know yeah i think so it'd be Can, dramatic, it'd be dramatic if he were pie you know some bus going across the border <laughs> to canada tv cameras everywhere uh let the canadians clean up that mess but you you bring the up the initiative i hear a lot from uh typical you know uh, grassroots republicans conservatives which is what will the Republicans' unforced error be between now and November? I can't tell how much uh, right now, Bill. It is like watching people. We're waiting for the GOP leadership to screw this up. How good a shape is the party in, and do you think they can manage to get to November without any major faux pas? And if they do, what could the Republicans accomplish in 2014? Yeah, I think the Washington Republicans need to get out of the way of what's sort of happening around the country, which is basically a revulsion against Obamacare, a dismay at the Obama administration's governance in a million different ways, dismay at a Democratic Senate that's protected the Obama administration in so many ways. So they've got to get out of the way. We've got it here in Washington. And I'd say that above all means that uh, don't jam immigration reform through. It also means, I think, for some of the conservative leaders in town, uh, the, uh, the the conservative groups that have been very militant on uh, debt ceiling before, that they need to get out of the way a little bit and not provoke a fight, which however much I might agree with it, you know, theoretically, I just think practically they don't have a very high odds of winning in terms of the debt ceiling uh, legislation. If Republicans in Washington don't uh, mess things up, actual Republicans I've spoken to around the country, including many who are running for the Senate and the House, many some who are challenging incumbents, some who are in open seats, are very bullish on their chances. I mean, and these are smart people. I and mean, this is these are not, you know, I mean, of course, candidates always probably sure. think they'll do a little better than they do do. But these are very experienced in some cases, uh, political operative types. The fact that Ed Gillespie here in Virginia, where I live, 
got in the race against Mark Warner, who was regarded as one of the safest Democrats. Right. And there's a poll out a couple of days ago that has Warner at 50, Gillespie at 30. And if you don't if you haven't followed this stuff much, you know, you think, ooh, big 20-point lead for right. Warner. If you follow politics a little, you think he's the incumbent, he's at 50. Right. Probably two-thirds, three-quarters of undecideds go against the incumbent in this kind of race. They don't know who Gillespie is. He has less than a third name ID. So right away, we're at a 55-45 race in Virginia with Warner. If Warner is only at 55, that means Gene Shaheen in New Hampshire is probably at 50 or slightly below. It means that Pryor in Arkansas and Vegas in Alaska and Hagan in North Carolina are underwater, I suspect, right now. Um, so I think if, if yeah, people in Washington here can get out of the way, it could be a very good year for, for the Republican Party around the country. So if you had to uh, put a, a percentage on it right now, the chances that the Republicans control the U.S. Senate as of 2015? I think better than 50-50. Mm-hmm. Yeah, better than 50-50. And, it, and not just control it, but I would also say quite a lot of the candidates running are interesting and impressive. The Tom Cotton in Arkansas. Uh, Dan Sullivan in Alaska. Uh, me, Treadwell, the lieutenant governor, seems like a good guy, too, but I think Sullivan would be a particularly a strong uh, member of the Senate. In, the, uh, in Nebraska, which will stay Republican, Ben Sass, who's really a terrific guy, 41 years old, uh, would be a real leader on a lot of policy issues in the Senate. His opponent, Shane Osborne, is a pretty good guy, too, and he's also young. He's about 40. So either one of them, I prefer Sass, but either one of them who wins will really – so it's not just a matter of taking over the Senate, which right. is awfully important, obviously, uh, having the majority – but I think there also be more bright, impressive young senators and also members of the House to, uh, you know, to carry the, the conservative flag here in Washington. I want to ask, ask this, uh, this last question. You look at what happened in 2010 and it was uh, you know, a tidal wave. And a lot of people say Republicans pretty much maxed out almost what they can do in the House. And that if you see a similar tidal wave in 2014, do the Democrats continue to just stick to just stick with Obamacare and stick with Obama and spend the last two years waiting for 2016 to be a horrifying, you know, an, yet another crushing blow? Yeah, that's a good question, Michael. And I mean, it isn't. And I, if I were, and I will think about this more as, as the year goes on, if it looks like a pretty big year with, mm-hmm. you know, eight Senate pickups, let's exactly. say, and, you know, 10, also 10 House seats to increase the House majority. Uh, and I think that's quite possible. Uh, yeah, what would what would the legislative agenda then be in early 2015? Could one pride that you wouldn't need them with Democrats who control both bodies, but it would still be, of course, much more effective to have them, and especially if you're talking about getting 60 votes in the Senate or overriding vetoes, conceivably. And what parts of Obamacare could you just get rid of, you know, in January, February of 2015? That's one reason it's an exciting election. I think it's a pretty significant election this November. Uh, all the more reason for for the Republican leadership here in Washington not to not to screw it up. Bill Crystal, thanks so much for your time. This has been the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check out weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.